The following episode of True Stories Based on Fiction can and will contain explicit language. If you are uh, if you don't like anything like that, I would suggest you listen. You have the podcast playing in the background, and then you just don't listen to it. Because like I always say, we gotta get those streams up. So this is the November episode of True Stories Based on Fiction, where Brian and I, Evan the third host, we will um, discuss our one of our favorite comic book characters, Tim Drake the third, and in our opinion, the best Robin. We will discuss everything that he's done right the impact that he made on us as, as, as children and how he got off track and what he can do to potentially get back on track so um i hope that you enjoy this episode and everything else we do um that includes other shows on the network we're actually beginning the countdown to the episode to the 100th episode of the podcast and that's because i did creative um numbering with all the other shows but hey that's that's what you can do when when Brian and I and Randy are the uh, owners of this podcast network. So, enjoy this episode. Um, enjoy everything else you have coming for you guys in the future. Thanksgiving episode, holiday episode, year in reviews. So, until then, enjoy the following episode. Tonight's entertainment. You've got exactly 10 minutes to decide if you really want to know. You have built this city. Let's face it, this is not the worst thing you've gotten done. True stories based on fiction. Based on fiction, I am your host, and with me is Evan, the, the third host. So there, I did, <laughs> and it was Burp too. So, oh, so there's that. Man, two weeks. Well, two weeks in a row that I'm here to help record, but this won't probably be out two weeks from the last one. But I've been able to get in the studio a little bit more. Yep. The benefit of time. Mm. We are actually. Giving an episode today that we've talked about, I don't know if we've talked on the air about doing it, but we've talked about me and you personally wanting to do this episode for a long time. Probably about a year. Probably about the same time it took us to actually do Eddie Murphy's Law before we actually did it. I don't know if anything takes that long. <laughs> um, and on a somber note, a little bit fitting for right now because this is within probably, when this episode comes out, probably be within 30 days or a month or so. Uh, passing of comics legend Norm Bravehogel, Michigan's own, Michigan's own Norm Bravehogel, R.I.P. Yep. Um, who who was one of our um, desired uh, people that we wanted wanted to interview? I really tried, yep. and I'm guessing I see now why I wasn't getting the responses right. I was hoping for. Um, but uh, this is going to be our episode, our ode. To the Drake, Tim Drake, 
the third Robin. Much like Evan, the third host, we're <laughs> talking about Tim Drake, the third Robin. And arguably, well, honestly, in, in our opinion, it's not, it's not an opinion. It's a fact that he is the best Robin. Oh, absolutely. Hands down. Hands down. A close second to Stephanie Brown. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's a, a, a fictional hot take because she, she was a trash Robin. A, a good bad girl, though. Great bad girl. Good spoiler. Yep. The only spoiler, in my opinion. <laughs> she wasn't. <laughs> um, so, this is going to be our episode, um, which I know in our last episode we talked about how we our show has kind of become now like a bunch of mini shows that we do. Um, and we haven't, this is going to be one that we're starting. I don't think we've done the other ones where we're kind of dedicating an entire episode to certain comic book characters. That kind, of, kind of like be in any music factory. But yeah. with comic book characters, or, or it could be a storyline, or things like that. We'll call this being the comic, comic factory. Um, maybe we'll come up with a little more clever name for it. <laughs> so, real quick, should we talk about Norm Breakfogel? So, <coughs> excuse me. I guess the reason I bring him up is that Norm Breakfogel was a comic artist from really hit his stride in what eighties, mid early mid eighties. I would say he hit his stride in the nineties. Late 80s, early, early, early ass 90s. Yeah. Um, I mean, because then like, he went to Malibu with Prime and shit. Then he came back to D.C. for uh, Anarchy. I want to say... Late mid- 80s, 90s. Mid 80s. Well, he, he got his... Well, when did he start? Was he, he he was in late 70s he started. Really? Mm-hmm. God damn, I had no idea. Um, Like 77, I think. But I don't think he was a big name. And I think it was around maybe 86. 687, because I think it was 1988 that he designed the Tim Drake uh, Third Robin costume. Okay. The first time that I saw Norm... But I think he was doing Batman before that as well. Okay. Uh, But the first time I saw him was in the Robin, a hero, reborn trade, which is right here in the studio. I think it's pretty close. And, yep, it's right here. With the Brian Bolin cover. Flames as covered. Yeah, so the first time I saw him, his work was uh, Batman 455 in this trade I, I hold in my hand that I got from Kroger. I, I think it was Kessel's back then. Wow. And well, 450, no, 457 was his first, was Robin's first costume, right? I think. No. Four, yeah, yes, yep, yep. 457. Um, 455, I think, maybe started a three-line storyline where Tim Drake was actually introduced well before. But, because uh, I don't think he, he didn't help create Tim Drake, right? No. But this says uh, it, it, it was from 90 and 91. So you were a little. So I think that, that Tim Drake might have been introduced in like 88, 89. But in terms of when. But Norm could have been drawing way before then, too. I mean, like in terms of, of the Batman book. Let me see that real quick. Yep. Um, I guess that's erroneous to the point. But yeah. Uh, Basically, he did. He created the costume, which really reinvented the Robin costume from the little pixie shoe, right. short, short wearing Robin of yesteryear. Yeah, but there was a website that showed all of his different ideas. He had like ten designs, and a lot of them were trash. Well, Robin originally started out he had a jacket, yeah. and no cape, and then like he had like a Robin Hood one. But and Neil Adams invented the R. Like the Robin artist on there. Oh, did he? Mm-hmm. So, um, I think my first because I didn't 
Now, did you have? Were you getting individual issues at this point in time, or did you just get no, trade paper? Hell no, 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 no. Um, that's when I only got comic books at fucking convenience stores, grocery stores, and gas stations, man. Um, that's around the time that I, I. Here's an interesting tidbit. I bought this motherfucking trade paperback the same day that I bought Uncanny X Men 327, which we talked about with Scott Lobdell on our last. Uh, our last edition of, uh, edition of the summer interview sessions. I bought it the same day. Really? Mm-hmm. I bought that. I bought this Robin trade on Kenny 357 and I think Robin 18. So I saw the current Robin and then how, how it all came to be. Um, I want to say my first interaction with, well, not interaction, introduction that I can rem- vaguely remember of Brave Vogel was Shadow of the Bat, okay. issue one. And I distinctly remember it. I remember I convinced my grandma to buy me. I had one grandma that always would kind of buy like whenever he wanted. I mean, not buying all like, the snakes and shit, but like we were at Seven Eleven, right? She'd always pick up a comic book or something like that, give you a Slurpee. And I had another grandma who, like, she just didn't really go out and do all that stuff. But I remember there was a time that they were in town. Um, her and my grandparent, or my grand, both my grandparents, and the first issue of Batman Shadow of the Bat came out, mm-hmm. and. I picked it up, and I remember reading it, and I don't want to say I was confused, but I was confused by how many villains I didn't re- recognize, not knowing that they had just introduced them in that one mm-hmm. issue. Uh, Victor Zaz, Amy Gadala. I don't think I really knew. No, I did know who Tim Drake was, but I didn't know because they were at, kind of at odds Okay, at the time. But Yeah, Batman Shadow of the Bat, if I recall... For some reason, it scared the fuck out of me. It was a darker take. Yeah, it, like like the fucking lighting in it was, I think, like was a very dark palette. Yeah, it was some scary shit. So I, I didn't fuck with that shit. But Norman Brayfogle might be one of my top Batman artists of all time. Really? <laughs> some of the most iconic covers, if you ask me. They were, they definitely stood out because in, in the trade that we're looking at here, his covers stood out more than. More than the uh, this is a hot take. The covers in the first three issues of this was introduced to costume, or more they stood out to me more so than the Brian Bolin painted covers of the first Robin miniseries. Oh, absolutely. And I'll, I mean, and Brian Bolin's a beast. And distinctively, um, Brayfogle has the first cover I think that shows Batman and Robin together. Mm. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? No, I think it's on Detective Comic. It was a pre- I, yes, I do, I do, I do. Yep, yeah, I'll yep. pull it up and then we we can probably throw it up on the Instagram or Twitter, Twitters. Um, but he has a few. There's that one that he just did that statue of, which shows Batman with his cape, yep, flowing, yep. Um, and then there's actually, I think I saved a picture image of it. Is it weird that I remember Norm Brave Frog more? Yes, yep, 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 yep. That's one of my favorite covers of all mm-hmm. time. But I remember Norm more so from his work on Malibu and Prime than Robin and Batman. Did he draw much Nightfall? Because on, on Nightfall, I only remember um, Graham Nolan and uh, and uh, uh, Jim Apparel. Those were the two that did it. I don't think he did any in Nightfall. Okay, maybe like a one or two Cover. issues here or there. Yeah. Well, a lot. Of, I think all the covers were Kelly Jones and Sam Keith. I think did some too. Yep, Sam Keith did some. Kelly Jones. Um, and I think, because I remember, I that's back when I think Graham Nolan was at his his apex. Yeah. Um, no. We won't talk about that. 
He, he went the Neil Adams route. Um, but that's just a compliment. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember in comparison, well, I think Jim Apparel was a good, really good artist as well. But in comparison to the Graham Nolan that was on it, I agree. Um, wasn't nearly as good. Graham, Graham Nolan seemed modern. Uh, Jim Apparel on Nightfall had like a late eight, had a had a very distinct early '90s feel to it. '80s, I would say. His Batman work, but like his. John Paul Valley, this guy looks like he's 75 years old. Almost like a Alan Davis type. They yeah. have like this old ass hair. <laughs> Feather <cut>. hair. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like I remember looking at Jim Apparel with some like the blood, like if someone was bleeding, it was just like a little like red lot, squiggly line of blood going yep. down. Yep. Now, Jim Apparel in my my head, in my mind's eye, is that's what I see when I see Batman. Yeah, I'll give you that. Like that, but everybody else no. <laughs> that makes me, it reminds me of a time that I think I liked. Co- like to me, comics were at the best back when you had like standalone issues, or maybe there was standalone issue, yeah, one or two partners, but maybe they encompassed a larger storyline in general. Like yeah. I didn't re- going back realizing how much of like that uh, let those issues led into Nightfall, like the prelude to Nightfall, mm-hmm. but they weren't labeled as that, but you had, like, yep. a lot of these made... Not, it was an ongoing storyline to have, yeah. yeah, but Bendis killed that. Bendis introduced, like, the six-inch storyline format. Before then, it was two or four max. And so Bendis. You think it was Bendis? That, that's not a hot take. That, that is a fact. I would go to far to say it was Jeff Loeb and Jim Lee. I think Hush is what kind of... Hus was a twelve issue issue maxi series that happened in Batman. But then all of a sudden, Bat, all of a sudden, Batman right after that was just like long arc storytelling. And for a while, because right after that it was a six part Azarello, uh, Eduardo Rizzo, Rizzo. Uh, Broken City. And then right after that was they brought uh, Winnick in, and I think it was called, if I remember correctly, it was City of Fear. It was something to do with Scarecrow. Which yeah, was that was just 19 him, right? Yep. And then all of a sudden, it was just like, for a while, Batman was bringing on, you'd have a creators come on, do their one art, and leave. And yeah. I, but yeah, so at that same and time... And I think it was up until Morrison came on that they were like, all right, we're bringing one art, we're letting a art or writer come on. And then it kind of changed formats again, which became, we're telling a bunch of storylines, but it's this writers like back then in the mid nineties was could be different writers all the time. Um, but then it became like, all right, Grant Morrison's telling his Batman epic. Then it was, uh, Scott Snyder. It was more bladed. Like, yeah, this is, as opposed to this being the type of writing, there's not a whole lot of, uh, crossing over where it used to be like Batman would bleed into detective detective bleed. Right. Into, and that was, I guess maybe that's what it was. Like a lot of the nineties, was to be continued in and this other book in Detective, yeah. yep. Or it was a four-part series: Batman Detective, Batman Detective, and Superman was notorious for doing that because they had a week, Superman basically had a weekly which series was, between which was, Superman, yeah. Action Comics, Man of Steel, and Adventures of. Which, as a kid, was very confusing. Which Batman did have that too, but they didn't do that inter unless they were doing one of their like Cataclysm multi-issue storylines. But you had Shadow of the Bat, Batman Detective. But, and then you had like the Batman family books, which were like Robin. And then you also had Legends of the Dark Knight, but I never. But Shadow of the Bat and Legends of the Dark Knight were more so like like the um, the, the ones that weren't tied in as much. I feel Shadow like. of the Bat was always in continuity. Was it? Mm-hmm. Oh, 
Um, Shadow of the Bat was just like different part. Like, I mean, it, it was allowing a creator to come on, tell a four-part story or something like that at any point in time in Batman's career. I mean, just that never interested me. But uh, I think if we go back, though, um, I'm fairly confident, and I'll almost put money on it, that uh, Ultimate Spider-Man predates Hush. You're probably right. And, and because I because I remember right when that shit happened, like, why, why, part five? How the fuck is this shit part five? Shit. Put on the costume, Spider-Man, shit. But that was all ultimate storyline. But but that's when it all started, though. Then from that point on, it became six-issue arcs. And then that's when I started doing the shit for the trade, because every six issues, they have a trade out. Because it started financially, it made more sense having a, a six-issue storyline put in the trade. Well, I think that's what, I think what it was, was you had... A lot of interest in people getting away from buying, getting like Wednesday Fox. shopping of comics, and then got more into uh, buying the trades, like you said. Yep. But um, anyways, R.I.P. R.I.P. Hell of a hell of a memorial that we just gave him. Yeah. Michigan Zone. Um. Now let's get back to the topic on hand, as we're fifteen Tim, minutes in. <laughs> Tim Drake. Uh. So what was it that attracted you to his character? The most. I was costume. Yep, I would agree. The costume and his bow staff. Actually, the first thing that ever got that I ever remember seeing was the action figure of Tim Drake Robin. I think you're right. Yeah. Now that which was weird because it came packaged with all the Batman Returns. Yes. Toys. So I'm like, I think you're right, man. Same thing with me. I believe. I'm like, what the fuck? There ain't no Robin in Batman Returns. Uh huh. But this is a cool looking costume. Because I think I was a Batman fan, right. but I wasn't like get out. Back then, it was you got. A, I got a comic book when my parents maybe went to the store and we yep. saw it. There was no like month in, month out. Like I meant yep. to make sure I get these. Um, and it was right around the That's time. That's exactly right. Yeah, it's the same with yeah. me. It's so I got that, and then I want to say the first issue that I got was actually the first introduction of Spoiler, which uh, was and in Detective Robinson, Comics. Okay, that which was. they brought in Clue Master, and it was I can't remember if Matt Wagner did art or just the covers, covers for covers. it. Covers that was timeline. Was it? Mm-hmm. Um, but was sorry to interrupt, but uh, and and that Batman, I mean, and that Robin Fair was based off, I think, this cover of this book because it, it was definitely a, a Brian Bowen sculpt. Mm-hmm. You can tell it was. Oh yeah, absolutely. It had like, like kind of high top, Dylan from um, uh, from Nine Two One Zero. But I remember there was so much of Batman continuity that I didn't know about at the time. Yeah. So I remember like I would just get random issues. So I think I got, and this might have been like. A Pack at Meyer back when they sold like you go buy the video games and they had like packs of comics wrapped that. up and I think I guess where I, I got those um, Robin Two, uh, the Joker's Wild. I remember seeing that at Meyer, but my but my mom would never buy it for me. And they had the holographic not yep. covers, but like yep. Joker playing card cars on there. Yep, um, yep, yep, yep. And I got that, and I remember reading it, and that's the first time I ever had an experience where they said they killed off uh, Jason Todd. Mm-hmm. But they didn't call him Jason Todd. I think they just said, you know, Joker killed the previous Robin. I'm like, the fuck is this? I was like, yeah, they killed Robin. My mind couldn't grasp, even though this was right around the time of the death of Superman too. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah, death of Superman. T O O. Not yeah. number two. Um. So like, as a child, and I'm around ten years old at that point in time. Like, they killed Superman. And Robin? That means there's no more Clark Kent. There's no more... I don't know who it is that they're talking about as Robin. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just... There, there was so much. And I just... I, I think it was the costume that attracted me most. To me, that costume was just... It was cool. Yep. 
probably to me still it was modern at that time. Still, still to me, probably one of the coolest costumes I think I've ever experienced. So seen. cool that when they changed it, when Freddie Williams the second changed initially, I hated it. But then that costume grew on me. But yeah. at first, I was I was offended. And went to all red. Yeah, red I was black. offended. I'm like, how dare they give him this fucking scalp shit on his uh, yeah. gauntlet and his tail? I'm like, how dare they use his own person? Don't make a Batman here. That's but not my Robin. I really think nowadays though, Tim Drake went from being everyone's favorite Robin to an afternoon. I don't, yeah, I wouldn't go as far to say he's hated, but I think he's an effect of the nineties. All these yep. characters that were brought about in pr- prominent, especially with DC in the nineties, your, uh, Tim Drake, Robin, your Kyle Rayner, Ro- Green Lantern, Wally, your Wally West flash, white Wally. That ain't my wallet. <laughs> um, but Arsenal. As Arsenal. Was it? Yeah. Yeah, but they didn't get. They don't have another Arsenal or bring back a previous Arsenal. I got you. Yeah, I got you. The 90s, the 90s uh, replacement hero. I've gone as far to see people say that Jason Todd is a better Robin than Tim Drake now. Yep. That's it's trash. That is trash. Now, that's not to say that I don't like Jason Todd as a character now. I think. I like him a lot more now than ever, but to say he was a thanks better for, Robin... Thanks for printing the show, Scott Lobdell. For his 30-issue run, I think he, was in, he wasn't in Batman long. I did, I always thought that Robin, it wasn't until recently that I actually kind of researched him a little bit. Mm-hmm. I did not realize how minimal uh, Jason Todd was in the series. Because he he had kind of two arcs. He had pre-crisis, pre-crisis. post-crisis. And pre-crisis was trash. And post-crisis was about 30 issues, mm-hmm. if that. If post-crisis was good, though. Like, it was a good 30-issue arc because it, they broke a lot of ground on it. But, yeah, uh, it was... It was it's almost short. like they tried... Well, because they flat out said, from what I remember, is pre-crisis Jason Todd was almost carbon copy of Dick Grayson. I yep. think he was even a circus performer's parents. He was. Killed, he was. Except for he had red hair. Red hair. Then post-crisis, they pretty much drew exactly like Dick Grayson, but he was a... Street urchin, street tough. Um, but um, let's unpack something for a second about pre, how creepy pre-crisis Todd was. He he had red hair, but I actually owned the book. I don't know how I got it, but in the book he he was he was so emotionally upset that Batman didn't like him because he didn't look like uh, Dick Grayson. So that's why he dyed his hair red. But he was like almost crying. Like, he doesn't love me like he loved Dick. <laughs> I'm gonna dye my hair black so I can look more like him. It was creepy, bro. That's where all those jokes about Batman being a pedophile come from. Jason Todd and pre-crisis because he, yeah. he changed his appearance so he looked more like what Batman likes. It was creepy as fuck, bro. I was creeped out. Weird. So, we both kind of came but said what our first introduction to Tim Drake was. But I do also remember right after I bought this, this trade, I think it was Kmart, because Kmart used to have all the fucking Batman Packs of books that mainly Marvel, like they had the Age of Apocalypse, Assassin's X Men, Amazing X Men. They had the Bishop miniseries, the Rogue miniseries, the Gambit miniseries, and then on DC they only had Terminal, Terminal Velocity with Flash, and they had um, Robin, you know, like Robin 18, 19, 20, you know, 16, 17, 18, and Annual One, or like the Bloodlines with him and that chick with the Bloodlines was the first Annual. Um, well, okay, uh, like the one that had like him and like that liquid metal chick. 
I know which one you're talking about. I just remember because I had that. I I remember distinctly still when I got the Robin first annual mm-hmm. up north at Higgins Lake. Mm-hmm. I got the little corner store. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea what the Eclipso Black Diamond was. Yeah, that's when DC had the era doing like the theme annuals that were all weird. That like, I wish I'd go back to that. It was look, it was like a little uh, before my time. Um, first introduction to Anarchy too, which was a Norm Bayfogle mm-hmm. creation. Norm Bayfogle actually created a lot of villains. Yep. Ventriloquist. Yep. Modern K- Clayface too, right? Them dumbass Clayface. Clayfaces that weren't Clayface. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yep. Lady Clayface yep. and uh, yep. the one Clayface that I just still have no idea how he was. He burned people. Mm-hmm. Uh, hot ass clay! What else do you do? Obviously Zaz, Amy Godala. Amy, who the fuck is that? Like wrestling? Uh, remember Nightfall Part 2, that big ass dude that he fought with the ventriloquist? Blacko? No. I I barely read any... any uh. A nightfall. I read when he got his back broken. When Robin fought that ugly ass Jim Pearl, uh killer. <laughs> Jim Apollo. Uh, I love you, bro. Apparel. Apparel. R.I.P. But you had one face. Even though killer Croc had the one face with scales, but he had one face. Oh shit! Um, He's like fucking Jim Lee. Jim Lee has two faces at least. But I, I mean, really, you had Robin. Like, kind of got introduced in Batman. Yep. Went on to do three miniseries. Yep. The highly successful miniseries of that. Um, I remember as a kid not caring for the first one a whole lot. Really, that should change my life. But I liked, I liked at that point in time. I wanted to see villains I knew. I didn't know who King Snake was. King Snake is to my to this day one of my all time favorite villains because of that miniseries, man. I like him now. It built him up perfectly. I respect it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, not knowing any knowledge, like was it a new character? Was it a mm-hmm. existing character? Um, Joker's Wild, which was a phenomenal storyline. Yeah. Cry the Huntress, I. Don't remember. It was Crime of Huntress was more of a sequel to Robin One miniseries, wasn't it? Didn't they bring back King Snake? Yes. Which follows like the pattern of most of most, of most trilogies. Like the first one and the last one are tied. The most like yeah. the one in the middle is always a little different. I do wish that they would have made kept King Snake as Robin's Joker. Yeah. They kind of pushed it over to becoming a Batman villain. Yeah. And then the father of Bane. He, what? He's, he's Bane's dad. He's younger than Bane. I'm telling you, in the it was uh, right before New Fifty Two or uh, something like that. Bane was out looking for to find out who his father was, which makes no sense because in the Vengeance of Bane storyline, his dad was dead and his mom or his mom was pregnant and went to jail for his dad's crimes. So then the mom died during childbirth, and then Bane had to stay in prison uh, for his father's crimes. Oh, because reasons. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, they said uh, I've never heard about this before. What was it Dor something Dorrance? It's making me upset. Yep, I'm just saying, saying facts. Call me Drake because I'm upset. <laughs> what book was this in? Um, I'm so upset I want to read it. But I, while you're looking for that, I did like when King Snake got tied to uh, that snake cult, like around Robin seventy five, like around Robin, Robin? yeah. Because when, when when Pete Woods was drawing Robin, and they brought back King Snake, his, his crew was basically Cobra, and that was the storyline. 
because that's going to kind of tie into the fact that although there were other people, the person who made Tim Drake the character he is today is Chuck Dick- Chuck Dixon. Absolutely. Someone we've been trying to get on the podcast for a while. Um, he didn't do any of the miniseries, right? I'm sorry. No, he, he did all three of the miniseries. Did he? Yep. And then he was the first writer on the... For the first hundred issues. Great run. Yep. One, of, uh, one, one of, of the best runs of all time. Yeah. And had... It, he, but the thing about that was every third artist was trash because first it was Tom Gromit, Bars. Then it was uh, Phil Jimenez for a couple of issues. Then it was my boy, Mike Waringo. Which is what got me into comics. Then it was Stance Johnson, which I cannot get into. Then it was Pete Woods. Then it was Damian Scott. Then it was somebody else who was trash. Then it was Scott McDaniel, who was also a friend of the show. Um, then Pete Woods came back, I believe. Yeah, but that first 100 issues of Robin was one of the most solid runs of all time. He he covered so much ground. He built up his own little world. He had issues about teen suicide, kids getting shot, drug running. It was a, a poignant run. Matter of fact, I can't think of any other run that I think is that's better than that. It was a Batman Gotham Knights. Oh, and wasn't Gotham Knights kind of like almost issue. not really in continuity? No, it was full world in continuity. But weren't they trying to like this this force feed you shit? I feel like in Gotham Knights. I'm trying to see who wrote it. So it's looking like Chuck Dixon later wrote it. Really? It makes sense. Like two of his characters. Nope, Scott Beatty. Wait, no, 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 no. Scott Beatty was a, 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 like a Chuck Dixon, a Chuck Dixon acolyte, though. Um, one second. I'm sorry. Because Scott Beatty wrote uh, the Batgirl Year One with um. With, uh, what's his face? And, and, and I think Scott Beatty also co-wrote Nightwing Year One. Well, well that first one of Nightwing was good, too. It was. With him and Scott McDaniel, friends of the show. And, and Scott, yeah, like, that that also was a pretty long run. In the 90s, fucking, Chuck Dixon is my Batman. Because uh, he, he did all of the sub-characters. He did Robin, Birds of Prey, Nightwing, all at the same time. And I think he did... Azrael, no, no, uh, that was Denny O'Neill. Yeah, that was the creator. <laughs> yeah, it was Scott Beatty. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, getting back into the original Robin series now, so getting past the miniseries, um, was kind of a direct uh, continuation from the first couple issues of Night's End when John Paul Valley took over as Batman, yep. tried killing Robin, and then Robin gets the Redbird, which I thought was cooler than the Batmobile at the time. Absolutely. As far as vehicles, because it could transform from a modern-looking car that he could use as Tim Drake to Robin's vehicle. Oh, the, like, wasn't, like, the subplot was the fact that he was only 14 and he couldn't drive it anyway? Yeah, but his dad was handicapped, so he got a special driver's license so that he could take him around. Mm Mm-hmm. And then his dad bought him that handicapped van. <laughs> right, yeah. His dad kept being jealous of Bruce Wayne, mm-hmm. thinking that something was going on. Like, you fucking my boy! You dealing him? <laughs> sticking, yeah. a, sticking a finger in my boy? <laughs> Tell me, Wayne, like, you and these little dark-haired boys. He's the third dark-haired boy. You can't have my son! Um, and then he had another entrance. Yeah, another entrance that led to the Batcave, because he had, like, that well 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Somehow it drained the water, mm -hmm. and then would have a ladder down for the water to rise up. I don't know where that was at. It was in the basement of his house. Because comics. <laughs> um. Yeah. Um. Now, when I, unfortunately. I didn't start. Well, I didn't have the budget and the means, like terms of uh, transportation, to buy Robin on like regular basis. So I would buy essentially if if, if I was over my grandma's house and she went to Kelsey with like buy groceries, and then I I go to the spinner rack and I buy Uncanny X Man Robin if I could. But but it wasn't like every month, so I was in and out. So I remember I got nineteen that had the first issue issue of of Maxi Zeus. Zeus and the General, and I never got part two of it. Was my, I was like, where are you going? Yep, yep. And it changed my life. Like this shit is like it's like a cartoon, but it's on paper. Then the next one I got was when he teamed up with the spoiler, who, who I thought was a dude, and Connor Hawk Green Arrow, which was really good. And and then I got one I had uh, him a Wildcat taking on some car thieves, and then. The, the next one I bought was Contagion, and they and they tricked me because I was in a rush to buy it, and it had a Michael Ringo cover. And I opened that shit with Stan Johnson. I was mad as fuck. <laughs> now, what the fuck is this shit? This ain't my Michael Ringo. I was mad. Now, one thing I was actually I will go as far as to say I think Robin was not the first series that I had a complete run of, but mm -hmm. probably the oldest one because back then you I mean you didn't have a whole lot of new series that were starting. I mean right. I was starting Batman at whatever Nightfall started around, but I remember getting that first foiled cover issue of Robin, jumping through that like cathedral yep, uh, yep, yep. light, but having the entire run from issue one to whatever the one fifty or something like that that mm -hmm. I ended on. Um wait wait, so are so you 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 got that entire run you're saying? Mm -hmm. Wow, even like the terrible guy that took over after uh, Chuck left. Mm -hmm. That first dude was terrible, bro. Horrible storylines and wordy as fuck. Yeah, man. Because the first issue, like, there's like thirty five. Deal was like fucking uh, shape shifting aliens or some weird shit. Which I stopped. I think I think the thing I don't like about Robin actually tackled A some lot real issues. world issues. Yeah. Teen pregnancy, teen death, drugs, suicide, I believe. That kid that had the gun. It was like that 90210 issue yep. where he's swinging the gun. No, he didn't kill himself. It was, uh, he got in a gang fight. That, uh, yep. the, the, his Flash Thompson, essentially. His Flash Thompson, yep, yep, yep. Um, got killed. Yep, that's, yeah, because that one had, like, the grave on the, on the cover, right? Because Michael Ringo did some good-ass covers, bro. His mm -hmm. covers were amazing. That's why I actually left the book. He still did the cover, because Stan Johnson probably can drop. If Stan Johnson, if Stan Johnson drew a cover, nobody's buying that shit. I gotta look up Zark. I don't remember who, what it looked like. He's the one that gave fucking Tim Drake like uh, like the fucking paper in the back, like he had like he like, like the back of the head was shaved. It was weird. And like he, he high school S T A N Z S T A N Z. Yep. And then like he gave Robin like the loose costume because Mike had it tight. Yeah. Tom Grimm had it tight. He had it loose. I, I, it, it was too much of a, an extreme different from fucking Mike. Is this it? That no, that cover is actually pretty good. Like I don't think Stan's ever drew any covers because he 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 can't sell a book. No offense to any Stan Johnson friend, fans out there, but this is my opinion. Stan Johnson was Stan Johnson Stan Johnson was good on Cable Deadpool, but he was trash on Robin, and he had a long ass run too. He had a good fifty issues, I want to say. The only thing that going back that I remember that not liking about Robin is he, would, it, he they would introduce like a supporting cast only to get rid of it. 
Like, they would just disappear. You had his high school friends, uh, I mean, Ives, Ives and... The Black Dude. Yeah, and there was another... I thought there was, like, a pudgy kid, too. Yes. Yep. I don't remember the name, but Ives was the redheaded nerd with the glasses. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to play D&D. Yep. You had uh, Ariana... So shit, I can't pronounce. Da, da Vincico, or whatever the fuck it was, which was his girlfriend, mm-hmm. which I liked at the time. I liked him having a girlfriend that didn't know... There wasn't another superhero didn't know his identity. Mm-hmm. Um, although I love, I like spoiler a lot too. He had two bitches, bro. As a kid, cool. he had he had a girlfriend as Robin and a girlfriend as Tim yes. Drake. He was a fucking pimp. He was a pimp. That's where the first thing I remember is because people were all, people were saying towards the end of that run that Peter Parker and, and Ultimate Spider Man the best teen, teenage superhero ever. I said no. Tim Drake had two bitches. He had a he had a bitch as. <laughs> That's amazing. He had a girlfriend and a bitch on the set. <laughs> but then the crazy part of it was, Ariana wanted the dick and then he didn't give it to her. So she was begging for the dick. Oh, remember she dyed her hair blonde? Yep, yep, she, yep. I mean, she was fucking right. She, she, she was fucked up. She was that pussy. Yeah. Could you say it? I huh? said, cool. sweet pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, we'll call back. Yeah. And, she, and, and, and her whole arc was good too. It was interesting because she had a fucked up life. Yeah, her uncle was. She I mean, had a lot were, of shit going on. Parents were or her lived with her aunt and uncle who were getting yeah. run out by the mob. Mm-hmm. Um, then all of a sudden, I remember there was an issue that she ended up staying over at uh, Tim's house. Yep, like in the middle of the night. Mm-hmm. And the dad and the maid found her in the morning. Mm-hmm. But that was another one, Mrs. Mac. Yep. I remember what her yep. full yep. name was. Yep, yep. Um, the, the dad was a main character up until they uh, killed him off. And then, like, Dad also had a girlfriend. And, and she was young, too. Dana. Yep. She a physical therapist. Yep. So, I mean, all of a sudden, like, then all of a sudden, he became friends with uh, Connor and Bart of... Uh, Which they didn't really touch on in the main book at the time, if you remember. When it first, first came out, they never really brought it up in his book. Yeah, it was almost like Young Justice was on its own. Yeah. You tell they were trying to get a new, fun Teen Titans type book, but... Mm-hmm. Which worked. Peter David... That was a great book. Yeah. I regret. I got rid of I sold that entire runoff, and I wish I never did. But the problem with Young Justice was it had a good team on it, but the fact was it cost a quarter more than, like, maybe more than that. It cost more than a normal book. I remember that. Like, when, when everything else was, like, 250 like, 275 or something like that. Hmm. And I'm like, right, this book seems like it might be dope, but I'm, I'm 10 years old. I can't afford like a quarter. We're young. Just <laughs> I just remember that was... Right. Who are you? We're young, just us. <laughs> oh, young justice. Young justice. I got it. Eureka. Um. And all right, so let's do this next. Who would you say of the main Robin book? Were, who was your favorite artist and your least favorite artist? Oh, the the Chuck Dixon run, and then the whole series. If you think about it, has some pretty good good artists on it overall. Who was the first artist on it? Tom Grummet. It was Tom Grummet. I would say between, I don't think Tom Grant would be a good artist now, but I think at the time, I think his artwork style fit the book. Yeah. Um, and it's crossed between that and Freddie Williams. Freddie Williams was good, too. Uh, Freddie Williams had the unfortunate sake of having to come in right when they changed the costume. Um, so it took some time for me to get used to it, because I just, I, I wanted to see the classic. I, I would have loved to see yeah. him draw, Freddie Williams draw a classic Tim Drake Robin. Didn't they change the writer, too? When it came on, because I feel like mm-hmm. it, it took like a year for it to get good, but then when it got good, it got, like when when Adam Beachin took over, Adam Beachin and Chuck Dixon are the two best 
Tiffany Gratton, and now I can say, uh, what's his face? Tinian. Yeah. But but to that point, because uh, the dude who drew Green Lantern, who, who wrote Shadow Pack, I didn't like him that much as a writer on there. But to answer my own question, I would say Michael Ringo is my favorite. And then Pete Woods was... The Pete Woods run was great, too. And then Freddie Williams is my um, close, close third. Um, and then the writer's first. least favorite artist, I'd have to go back. I'm sure there's some, maybe the ones that didn't do a full run. I just don't, I don't remember off the top of my head. Uh, Damien Scott was kind of bad, too. Yes. Isn't he the one that did uh, Batgirl? Yep. Oh, I, I hit junk. Trash. Damien Scott is a good artist, but I don't think he's he's, he's not a mainstream he artist. He fits a certain a particular kind of book. Yeah, like like him and fucking Jim Mafu. Yeah, that uh, they need black and white books or something like that. Graffiti style punk tank girl type shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would say obviously Stance Johnson is my least favorite. But see, I need to see. On his own, it's not bad. Is the fact that he followed my boy Michael Ringo, who who changed my life. R.I.P. Um. How about writers? Uh, Chuck Dixon. Yep. Um, followed by... That's his magnum opus. Yeah, followed by the person that I can't remember remember who it was that did it right afterwards that just made it trash. I think it was right... The Was it right after the writer after Chuck Dixon that took him to boarding school? No, that, no, that was still Chuck. That was Chuck and Pete Woods. I remember they got rid of the car and they gave him like a skateboard. skateboard. That wasn't Chuck Dixon, was it? Yeah, it was. That was like seventy three because that's what, Pete Woods came on right after No Man's Land. That was like seventy two, seventy three. So then seventy five is when I had him on the cover doing like the fucking Ollie and shit at a Brickwood Academy. I'd have to look it up. I remember, I distinctly remember there was a point in time that I'm like, this book isn't anything what I what I remember it to be, and uh, that was all good to me. Yeah, okay. Here's Sam Johnson. Wait for the fully load. Uh, Google. Here we go. That's Seth Johnson. Mask was all wrong. Definitely looks fitting. Yeah, I didn't like it. That's not my Tim Drake. Definitely, I can see where I don't hate it, but it's definitely a different take in the costume. I hate different. It, I think the one problem issue with, with Tim Drake is every artist that did it had a different. I mean. They, age range, like, didn't know how old they wanted to make them. And Scott McDaniel, your friend to the show, uh, when he first took over Robin, when uh, Bill Williams was writing it, when... That's why I didn't like him, I think. No, you did like Scott McDaniel. No, Bill... Bill Williams, yes, yes, because Bill Bill Williams had him hanging around with the fucking Shadow Pack and shit, Mm -hmm. but... And they gave him, like, that new villain who who was, like, a, a dead teenage zombie dude. Yeah, it was just it was more supernatural shit yeah, like, that I didn't like. Because Bill Willie he wrote what he wanted to write, but just put Robin in it. Mm-hmm. Essentially, was yeah, that, it wasn't a Robin book. Yeah, it was it was Shadow Pack prequel. But when Scott McDaniel first took over, when the general was training because reasons, mm-hmm. he 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 drew Robin a little bit too young. But then as he as he got his foot in the book, kind of aged him up a little bit to where it was actually really good. Yeah. So, question for you. Do you think it worked better when he, his dad didn't know that he was Robin, or did you like it and he had to kind of hide the fact that he was a super, teenage superhero, 
or did you like it after the dad found out and then was uncomfortable with it? Did his dad find out during the truck run or the Willingham run? Um, I don't remember because I don't think it was for that long. It was right before. It, be right in the, uh, it, it was crash. right before. Uh, obviously, uh, Stephanie Brown took over because that was the reason. It was maybe about five, ten issues before that because he became Robin or he found out about it. Dad was uncomfortable, let him do it, and then he quit, and then came back, and then his dad was killed off. Yeah, which. Which is where I think, um, yeah, I, I don't recall that error too thoroughly, but I, I will say this based on what you just said, though. That's when Tim Drake took a turn for the worst, that only Fabian Niciasa was able to um, kind of bounce, have him bounce back. Making Tim Drake uh, like all the other Robins was a misstep. I, I like the fact he was different from the other Robins. Like the fact that he had a, a dad who, who had issues and then had his own life that was different than. The uh, Dick Grayson story, different than Batman story, that made him unique. And then when they killed off his dad, they had him be um, orphaned by yeah, Batman's not. ward. Like they're doing the same. She like make yeah. him be different. Like stop taking like away makes him yeah. And they've never brought that back. I mean, even now, I mean, they don't really make a reference, a whole lot of reference. I think subtly they'll do it every now and then that he's uh, adopted son of mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne, but you know. I, I like having that originality. You know, all, yeah. Every Robin doesn't have to be son of Bat- Batman. Yeah, got I, more fucking kids. Not one of those kids. Only one of those kids legitimate his, and he's got fucking fucking four it's boys. Fucking, it's fucking ridiculous. And then like fucking Duke Thomas is, is, is the same shit now too. Just about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that. That in my opinion was a huge misstep, and that's when Tim Drake started. And if you notice that, that's when Tim Drake started going downhill when it made him Batman fucking ward. Yeah. Because I always like the fact that Tim Drake was the smart Robin. Yep. I mean, he was the one that fucking deducted that Bruce Wayne and, and Dick Grayson were Batman and Robin. Yep. And that something was wrong with Batman because t- Jason Todd had died and mm-hmm. Batman wasn't acting himself. Uh, and he was the one that set, stated that Batman needs Robin. Mm-hmm. I think that was the first time they ever really kind of did that. Like, uh, Batman was coming off, flying off the rails. He was becoming more... <laughs> More dangerous, um, unstable, and he said, "You know, Batman needs a Robin." Um, do you recall on Batman Lonely Place of Dying, the first appearance of Tim Drake, uh, that first issue when Batman was fighting it, and it kept having that captain said like, "Zip I have to go back and reread it. It was actually year three that was first introduction of okay, Tim Drake. but like as a as a young kid because it yeah. was a flashback. But that that, that captain took me out of it. But I think. Because I was going to ask you if, uh, what that meant, but now I think that was him taking pictures of uh, Batman. But it took me out of it. Every third panel, zip, zip, like in the capture box. Probably, because I think he was spying on him. Yeah. Which, for being the world's greatest fucking detective, letting a kid follow you. Because Batman got a thing from young boys. He's like, yeah, he keep taking them pictures of young boy. <laughs> Come find me. Uh-oh, my, my bat trousers <laughs> fell. <laughs> what? So... Why don't we do this? Let's because we're kind of got talking about. Well, we haven't really talked about all the rounds. Let's rank them. Favorite Robin, obviously. Tim Drake. Tim, Tim Drake, Drake. Tim Drake. Tim Drake. Tim Drake. Dylan. 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 Um, who's your second favorite Robin? Honestly speaking, uh, Tim Drake is the only the only Robin I like because mm-hmm. I because I like Tim Drake better as Robin than the Red Robin, but I like Dick Grayson better. But 
granted, I've only known Grayson as Nightwing. Yeah. But I like him as Nightwing. And I like uh, Jason Todd better as Red Hood. Red Hood. And I, although Damien has grown on me, I still don't like Damien nearly as much as I like Tim Drake. Oh, yeah. Bart, hands down. Some people I hate, which I fucking is. We had multiple listeners that would listen to this, and I do not like Carrie Kelly. And, and people, I don't know if that's just the whole female thing, like, oh, hey, even a girl can be Robin type thing. I just, I never cared for her. I never cared for the costume. I never cared for the character. The costume was corny. Did you like Carrie, Ke- Carrie Ke- Kelly when she showed up in Batman and Robin? The, the, I thought it would have been interesting if they kind of incorporated the character in, but then they... That's the Western where It went nowhere. Yeah. She was like a tutor for... Yeah. I thought that that was going somewhere. No, I've often thought about that. Like, did they do anything with that going on? I think they had plans for her, but then said, oh, Peter Tomasi, you're our punching bag. Uh, we're going to move you over, over to this other book now. Cool that, right? But I had... Well, other... they're finally giving him his due now. Uh, what are you doing for him? He's taking over for him and... Uh... Uh, Mankey taking over detective and as the regular right for how long though? Regular. He said he's got their lead. Uh, starts at nine ninety four, and he does the storyline leading up to a thousand. They said he's the regular writer. Yeah, I mean he's doing, I, he's doing the main story in a thousand, and then he's the regular writer afterwards. He said he's got a long story arc plan. I get this he I get that he's hired, but I'm saying how long until they move him to something else. You know what? Uh Rob Liefeld wants to draw Batman and write it, so we're gonna put you on uh, something else. You understand, right? <laughs> yeah, you got a point. <laughs> but with the exception of his fucking detective run he's done, which his previous detective That was run. him in a uh, French Manipole? No. I forget who his artist was. Maybe it was Francis Manipole still. Because that French Manipole arc was weird. But Francis Manipole did it with his... Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah I don't remember who it was. It was trash. That entire detective... That New 52... When was that? New, it was New, new 52? 52 Detective. Oh, was it Mikey? Oh, no. Oh, oh. He said he's never actually collaborated with Mikey before. Oh, because Patrick Gleason is, in my opinion, the same school as uh, Mikey in terms of the styles. Really? I think so. To my eyes, but I, I know it ended up being, I think, one storyline. But I remember being excited because his Batman and Robin run was great. I don't remember that run at all. Which one, the Detective? Yeah, we see or Monkey. Because I remember him doing uh, Green Lantern Corps. Because first he was an editor, and then became writer. Yep. And I like it. I didn't like it at first, but then because Dave Gibbons started. Yep. Really in court. Then yep. Tomasi took over, and it was right around Blackest Night that I yep. kind of uh, got into it. And, and I was like, this is a good quality book. It, it was too wordy at first, but like now, like he, he found that balance. Um, and then he did Batman and Robin, which was damn good. That shit was damn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it had a whole arc to it too. It was like he knew from the get go. I was like, this is my story. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell one long, long-ended storyline. And he's the one that made me except finally he accept Damien. Except for he didn't get a chance to actually kill him. They still let Grant Morrison give him that whack, Damien, that whack-ass death. Trash. And, uh... Peter Tomasi is like that chick that you all... That, that, that you know you can always go back to. So, like, if anything else comes along better, like, oh, sorry, Peter, but my new bitch wanted to, uh... Finally said yes. And then, like, when that shit don't work out, oh, hey, Pete. Hey, big head. <laughs> <laughs> that that's how like I feel 
Uh, um, DC does Peter uh, uh, Tomasi. I'm sorry, I'm, just keep, I'm looking up the original Detective run. Uh, when New 52 came out, it was Tony Daniel on Batman, because that's when he, he ripped off while well, he shot Joker. Well, it, you had Tomasi, because he went back and did Green Lantern Corps again, and he did a Detective run, and they were both kind of trash. Like I thought that Grant Morrison did New 52 um, Detective. Mm-hmm. No, no, that was um, Snyder. He did Batman. So, Tony, then you did Detective then. He did. It was only one arc towards, it was towards the end. Okay. Uh, right here. He did Detective 45, 46, and then 48 through 52. He did the last run, basically the last run of Detective. I... I I was way that up. That Gothopia, it was. Oh, it was yeah, 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 yep, 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 yep. And then he did the storylines when it was to thought Gordon Gordon as uh, yep, Batman, yep, which was trash. Well, he didn't have a whole lot to go with him. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's going to take over. So I'm hoping he brings back some of that magic of Batman and Robin, Green Lan- original Green Lantern Court, and Superman. He yeah. did a damn good job on Superman too. Yeah, and then as, as people probably know, Superman probably one of my least favorite hero, but that book was tolerable. I still got out of it because it made Superman fun again. Yeah, which like I said, New Fifty Two was looking back, there wasn't a whole lot that was good in that New Fifty Two. I didn't mind mind um uh what do you call it? Buzzcut Superman didn't Tomasi do Superman Wonder Woman mm. with Mikey? Maybe. I don't know. No, he said he's never done a book with Mikey before. I think he's lying, bro. Superman, Wonder Woman uh, uh, was actually a pretty good book. Was it? Mm-hmm. He did 13 through 29 of Superman, Wonder Woman. Yep, so I was right. And that's the same Oh, shit. with Doug Mount. Yeah. Yep, yep. That's why I'm son of a bitch. I literally just read an interview with him. He's a lying... Like, Unless he maybe a, said he never worked on Batman with him. Could be, because they both have they both have worked on Batman in the past, like, but never together. Um. So, um, how do you think that Tim Drake can become relevant? Yeah, because even though we like that, um, like the like the recent shit with uh Tinian, I feel like the masses is being overshadowed by Tom King's Batman. I think they don't necessarily know where to put him right I now. I agree because you have Nightwing as his own hero. You try, they tried making Tim Drake his own as Red Robin, and yep. no one responded to it. Although, I didn't like when Fabian and Marcus Ho were doing it. Yeah. Um, as opposed to Kyle, Craig Cow, or the Christopher Yost, and, and, and Robin Box. I hated that artwork. Yeah. Trash. He's good on something, but like he was not good on that. Um, but I think they really tried having Tim Drake become the next Nightwing. And becoming his own character outside of the yeah. Robin, and I don't think it, they ever took it off. Well, I think what they need to do is he needs his own book, and I honestly, yep. I would I would let one one of two people take over that book, Tinian, or I think Scott Lobdell. Yeah, because he's doing he's making Scott Lobdell is actually the only the person that made Jason Todd interesting again um, with Red Hood. I'll say this though, like, but I would be interested to see. I want, I'm really interested to see how Lobdell uh, does Nightwing. This is a new show. This is a, a new uh, thing that I'm going to say, and, and Scott was kind of hinting at this, and 
as Scott knows, friend of the show, uh, he's one of my favorite writers of, of all time. I was not a fan of uh, of his Teen Titans run, primarily because of his uh, interpretation of Tim Drake. I'd be interested to see it now, though. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you about it. I'd be interested to see after I see how his Nightwing one is. Because mm-hmm. he might just have Jason Todd's voice down now. Mm-hmm. So I'll be really interested to see how it goes with Nightwing, if he can do the other character, uh, other Robins. But other than that, let Tinian have it. I mean, it's a character that needs his own book again. Yes. And I think that a misstep was having him be his own hero, but having Robin the name still. Yeah. Because now they have... I'm not Robin, I'm Red Robin. Come on, bro. That's dumb. That's dumb as fuck. But now they they kind of reverted back to his original costume, like a modification yep. of his original yep. costume. Yep. Thanks to Tinian. Um... But the problem is now, because they just announced this past weekend, Young, which probably a month ago now, when this comes out, mm-hmm. at New York Comic Con, that they're starting Young Justice up again. And I'm someone that's going to check out the book. But the problem is they started um, maturing Tim Drake. They really matured Tim Drake a right. lot in that detective run and making him more adult. And I think that's what needs to happen to make him stand apart from Damian Wayne now, yeah. because Damian Wayne essentially is a 10, 12, 12-year-old 10, or something like that mm-hmm. boy. <clears throat> so they, you need to mature him that Tim Drake's not some 14-year-old kid anymore. And looking at that uh That makes art. him look like we were talking about earlier, is they're de-aging him again. Yeah, but they, man. But they That's did say this point. is in continuity. So somehow they're bringing back Connor Kent. I, I like the idea that they're bringing back those three, because I always like seeing the interaction of Connor, mm-hmm. Bart, and Tim together. But... I really hope they don't do the disservice of de-aging him and immaturing him. I hate to say, but I guarantee you that that's what they're going to do because they're giving Venice a lot of fucking carte blanche that I think he doesn't really need too much. And uh, I feel like, although it's in continuity, it's just going to be in between issues. He went from being 19 back to being 16 again. So he's not in any issues anymore. Like, I don't know. Like, it was such a successful run of Detective. Like, why didn't anyone else want to take that and run? And it's not they can say like they knew what they were doing because they didn't have Bendis at the time. They didn't know that they were getting right. Bendis at that time. Yeah, I don't know why people people haven't haven't taken that. Like he's gone. He's literally gone to becoming like everyone's Robin to. I, I don't want to say he's a unliked Robin because I still think everyone has a spot in their heart for him. He's the forgettable. Yes, he's the forgotten Robin yeah. at this point. Which is odd because it's the only Robin that had his own... His own uh, well, no. His only Robin had a long, a uh, long, long-going, run. long run. Um, only maybe eclipsed by Nightwing now because Nightwing got his own book in the New 52, but he didn't have as many issues as Robin did. Nope. And then also... And then Damian Wayne, had, he had Batman and Robin, but his only solo book only lasted maybe 12 issues, and it was... Not good. I forgot about that book, yeah. Robin Son of Batman, Batman, which led me to believe that Gleason is not a writer. Yep. You can say he can collaborated with uh, Tomasi all you wanted mm-hmm. on that Superman run. But Solo? Mm-mm. Nope. I have a, a man bat as my pet, which is kind of a, a dope concept. If, if, yeah, if, it's, if it's executed correctly, yeah. And then got rid of it. Mm-hmm. Well, they made Man Bat like all of a sudden. Try they tried too hard for, to make Man Bat like uh, big character, and that started with Grant Morrison too because they also yeah. had like a the League of Assassins turned into Man Bats. Dude, um, like I've said, yeah. So this ties in. Grant Morrison <clears throat> single-handedly destroyed Batman as a franchise because it's his version of having Damien there that made Tim Drake fade to the background. 
brought he brought all them stupid ass cancel. Batman R.I.P. was stupid as fuck. Uh, the only the only thing he did that was decent to me was uh the the Ray Ghoul for one. The Return of Ray Ghoul. Yeah, and what that was also kind of a little lackluster. And then they immediately of all the bullshit he did on that book, the the part they immediately erased was that his. That the fucking white ghost took over and fucking raised his shell, and like he, he should be looking different now. Yeah. But everything else he did, oh, it's all Canada. Let's leave it in. Man bags. No. I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate the Grant Morrison run as much as you did. Grant Morrison is one person at DC who gets more fucking Carl Blanche than Bendis, who was worse than Bendis. I, I like his Batman run because it was. I think that was a more, his more simplified storytelling that he did in a long time. I mean, you think so? At least I understood. Was there an art? I understood it more than fucking Final Crisis or True Multiversity or his dumbass action comics run that I didn't like. Grant Morrison is a Tom Hardy of acting. Tom Hardy is an actor who's simultaneously great and trash. Grant Morrison simultaneously great and trash, but I'm more trash than great. And now they give him Green Lantern. That was that was like the. That could be good. I like that Liam Sharp art. Yeah, and then also like there's all gonna be a a, 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 a whole entire series of like one shots like mm-hmm. Batman, like 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 Arthur like All Star Superman. Yeah. So I like that aspect of it. But Grant Morrison to me, he, he's more bad than good. His best work to me is fucking. That's how all them old, that all them old school, like eighties uh, like phenomenal writers. Like I just don't get like Elmore, Neil. Alan Moore, I've never read any bad Alan Moore, personally. I mean, I haven't read a whole lot. I can't, it's wordy as hell. I'm not, I can't get through Watchmen. I can get through Watchmen, but I skip all of that back matter. Although I do want to try his uh, Swamp Thing, because I heard that so that's one of the best. Swamp Thing is good as fuck. But that, that, that not, his first issue, a 22-page comic book would take an hour and a half to read, but it, it doesn't seem like it. It's wordy as fuck, but not like wordy like... Uh, Ty Smith, like, dude, took over Robin. But, yeah, but it's wordy, but but it's mind-blowing. And, I'm like... I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I might fuck with it. His Miracle Man, I mean, his Mr. Miracle, rather, is amazing. Like, the first 15 issues, at least. I've never read it. I like Killer Joke. Joke. Killer Joke was phenomenal. Yep. I, I just, I don't, I think... He's overrated. Yeah. He's not, like, the god of the or in any case, the devil kind of food, because he's Satan. Satan hate worshiper. One of the fucking biggest comic writers of all time that hates comics. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I hate about Alan Moore the most. And he don't like people fucking with anything he's ever done. Although League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, are those characters that he created? No. Hmm. Mr. Miracle, I mean, and Miracle Man, is that a character that he created? I'm gonna assume no. No, Mick Anglo, uh, made him back in the fifties. Hmm. So two of your things you're the most known for. Smart things. He didn't create. Oh yeah. <laughs> Did, did he create Swamp Thing? No. Watchmen, okay. Did, did he create Watchmen? No. The, the, he kind of did, but they were flipped off of there existing were the characters. Minutemen or something like that? No. Um, He, he made Minutemen, but the, 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 they were flipped off the um, Charlton characters. Yeah. Because uh, Night Owl was Blue Beetle and shit like that. Okay. Oh, so he didn't create shit, really. Hmm. What has Alamore actually created that was an original concept? Hmm. I'm at a loss. <laughs> he didn't create Batman. No. Oh, no. Batman, no. Hmm. But yet, he gets mad if anybody writes something he wrote previously. How does that make sense? That's why I said fuck Alan Moore. I agree. Although I would say he's... 
I separate the art from the artist, but it, the artist is a piece of shit. He complains about everything, but he hasn't created anything. He he know how to how to flip things, but he, 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 his argument is about his shit makes no sense. He's a piece of shit. And also, I believe in God. <laughs> he believes in Satan, so that's why I don't fuck with him either. But I will say, as a Satanist. The, the things that he's written that I've I've read have all been pretty consistent. Oh, oh, how about Captain Britain? Oh, actually, I think he did create Captain Britain. <laughs> that might be the one that he, that they actually he actually created. And Captain Britain isn't that good. It's probably his least known work that isn't really that great. All right, so do we have anything else on Tim? Dr- any final notes on Tim Drake? Now, um, D. Robin, we talk about his origin. Wait, uh, did I give my? Like, uh, I said Tim Drake. Tim Drake, yeah. Yes, we both talked told our favorite Tim Drake. And we also spoke about how we think he can get back on track. We talked about our origin of Tim Drake, what made him a good, great character. I think it was a pretty good a retrospective, a raw perspective. Uh, I like what you do there. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, um, so who do you think we should do whenever it comes of our next retrospective? It could be a creator. I know we were series. talking about it at one point in time, and I think we kind of ended up doing it inadvertently in our between our 50th episode and our summer interview sessions, which was Kyle Rayner. Because we were always going to do one on him. Right. But we kind of, I mean, I think I think we've said our piece on Kyle Rayner. I agree. Um, he's our, he is our Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Um, I really don't want to get into where we do uh, big name star, or big name characters like I Batman. I agree. Um, I don't know. Definitely has to be something that we think of. Uh we're kind of giving our input on some creators to, on this episode, but yeah, I mean, we could pick a run. Yeah, people like uh, that might be good too. Some certain runs of storylines, but the problem is with find a run that, that we both read might give you a chance to go actually back and read some books. Yeah, because because I feel like I've been very nostalgic the past few years. Or like this year, I, I'm fucking with like a lot of retrospective from like 90s wrestling and then last year I was doing like a lot of shit about 80s and 90s gaming so I think if it was an older book that I haven't read in a while that, that would probably be easier for me and I, I'll be more interested in it let's look oh. at the old comic book that I would like to do Shell. Yeah, I'm doing, this, was, this ain't going to be an episode we do anytime soon a nice Age of Apocalypse retrospective yeah that's going to be our one because I, I, I don't think that that writing besides Scott Lobdell's can hold my friend of the show. Yeah, because <laughs> because that's a lot of shit too, bro. That's like a hundred books. Yeah, I got that omnibus and don't read it. Is it a three part omnibus? No, just one. This is a little different. Mm-hmm. But that's before Akira Tosada, or I mean CB Zabowski. We can do this invincible. I might have to read Mario. Uh, yeah, trade paperbacks again. It's been a hot second since I read those. We can do Batman. Batman Earth One. Oh, we haven't talked about any of the Earth One. Uh, yeah. Wonder Woman Earth One Volume Two just came out last week, and then it dawned on me I never read Volume One. Yeah. Slave Girl Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. Bisexual Slave Girl. We'll figure something out. I think we both have a love identity for, crisis. I was say I think we both have a love for identity crisis, which is a book that gets hated on. Yeah, hated on. That that might be a good one. A uh, book that ruined. They say some people said ruined comics for them. Yep. That might be a good one, man. Yeah, Identity Crisis. Identity Crisis has actually introduced me to a lot of characters. I just said, mm-hmm. Oh, well. 
We can do identity crisis. We can we get like in terms of the option. We can do identity crisis. We can do Batman Earth One. Although I haven't read Volume Three, uh, we can also do. Um, Fuck with some Ninja Turtles. Yeah, a Black is Night. Sinestro War. That might be a good one. I yeah. a, minute. a couple years since I've read that. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so like there are some. That was options. a damn good storyline too. It was. That's really what got me in. That's what put Jeff John's name on the board for yep. me. And that's what got me into a DC because as an adult, when I can actually afford to go to the comic store every week, well, every month for me and buy shit. Because I was buying Green Lantern and then my brother was buying Green Lantern Core. And then, like, we go, uh, I'll, like, go back and forth. Oh, yeah, two copies of Watchmen? No. You have the hardcover up there, and then... No. That's, like, the ultimate guide to Watchmen. Wow. Uh, oh, it's actually pretty fucking cool. While we're still in the air, my first oh, my back. Maybe one of these days I can actually sit down and watch Watchmen, or read Watchmen, and then I can watch Watchmen again. Like, this shit has, like, the fucking script and shit, the thumbnails... Huh. And the prelim covers. Everyone say, says it's like it's the thing that put kind of put graphic novels on the map type thing, like collected stories. Yeah, because uh, it's probably the first time that well, this and Dark Knight were probably the first time where like it was important to read the book as a as a as a, a single. You know, what I just unit. realized recently was that Dark Knight Returns. Frank Miller's another overrated act writer. Frank Miller became a parody of, of himself. Certain people that have a run toward like they, they should stop, but he, they keep going. He he was good in the eighties and st- shit he did. Yeah, he still wants to be relevant. And he yep. ain't. Um, do you know that Dark Knight Returns was not the actual name of the entire? It was each book had its own distinct title. Yep. And it just happens the first book was called Return of the Dark Knight or Dark Knight Returns. Dark Knight Returns, Dark Knight Triumphant was the last one I believe. Something like yeah. that. I just real I did, I just read about that recently. Yeah, but this book is pretty fucking dope. It's pretty dope. I, I think I read the whole thing, but it's it's comprehensive and it shows you all the thumbnails. Are you reading Doomsday Clock? Yes. Which is the essentially more a sequel to Watchmen than DC related, although they're just starting to kind of incorporate a little bit more into it because they do all those anecdotes. Which at the end of the book? Oh my god! Which I'm I guess you actually kind of have to read to get certain things of the storyline. J- just like Watchmen, but unlike Watchmen, they're readable. And Watchmen, some of the shits were not fucking readable. Because they were like 20 pages, a 20 page interview. I'm not reading that shit, but in, in, in Doomsday Clock, it's like a two page interview with much bigger font. See, what they should do with that, well, that should be a little special thing for the people that want to do it, that add maybe a little something extra to the storyline. It shouldn't be imperative to the storyline. Technically, it's not. I was not. I thought on Watchmen like it was. No, because I, I skipped all them shits and I, I still got a good story. Like I also skipped like the um, Black Freighter shit that was actually in the book itself. I didn't read any of that shit. It was so good. Huh. So yeah, it, it adds on to it. But yeah, but you don't have to read it. But you, you want to get the full story, you would. Maybe I'll challenge myself to actually reading uh, cover to cover. Oh yeah. Uh, maybe I'll skip. I don't know. That's going to be a minute, though. That's going to take some time. I ain't going to be on the next episode. Yeah, that shit is not... And I've actually read Watchmen maybe three times. But I always skip the Black Freighter shit because I didn't give a fuck. And I always skip the uh, back, most of the back matter. Because uh, I guess I made the book worth his money, but I was like, I don't give a fuck. I 
right, so um, that's pretty much it for this episode. We'll see you next month. To that point, while we're on the air, let's talk about this uh, for the people. Are we going to do our year in review episode? Because that's what I'm looking forward to, honestly, the most. After the year's done, or is that going to be the December episode? What do you think? I think it should be after the year's done. Yeah. I mean, hopefully we can get our yearly traditional uh, Christmas episode. episode out, yep. um, and honestly, obviously, as we have enough talks with our career choices, uh, working in retail, <clears throat> a retail environment that you are not privy to. You um, think it's hard getting uh, us in the same room now? <laughs> Wait a few weeks. Um, it can be difficult finding time to get in the studio to record. Um, but I, So I'd rather not sit there and do something that we might miss an entire month of stuff that yeah. we'll be in review for. Because technically, this is this should be the November episode. But yeah, but we typically do like a Thanksgiving episode. Too. I got some movies coming up. I don't want to see two of them. Mm-hmm. What? All right. Should we just stick with our shortened down sign up? Yes. All right, guys. Until next time, we are just a couple of troop. Oh, fuck. This is longer now. Oh, crap. <laughs> Until next time, we're a couple of guys just telling true stories based on fiction. Yeah. Okay.